Hi there, I'm Robert Hurst, and I welcome you to this podcast of Safe Zone, your one place for sane and practical discussion about keeping your place of worship safer. In the Safe Zone, we integrate common sense ideas and concepts from various disciplines for tips that help create greater safety and security. Safe Zone isn't just about you, it's about everyone you love and care for where you worship. Let's get into this episode of Safe Zone. Well, welcome to you and welcome back to another episode of Safe Zone. And today we're going to continue and get to the final ring of what we've been called calling the three rings of situational awareness. Now, so that you'll know, the concept of three rings is not a new concept. Uh, I've seen it um, used in the context of battle. I've seen it used in law enforcement. I've even seen it used in firefighting. And of course, we've seen it in all areas of emergency work. But what we're discussing over these last three, and we're going to do one more next time to bring it all together, but what we've been discussing is the three-ring concept regarding situational awareness. Now, last time we talked about ring number two, and that was where we uh, talked about things that we needed to be aware of from the parking lot of our buildings on end right up to the exterior doors. If you missed that, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. And the podcast before that, we spoke of ring number one, and that was the perimeter. That's where you stand on the street and you look around, you look at the neighborhood, you see what's going on, and you work on into your parking lot. Now, I do recognize that for some of my listeners, you have a pretty small place where you worship. Some of you do it in homes, in church homes. Some of you do it in rural areas, in fairly small churches, and yet some of you that I know listen have pretty good-sized facilities. Doesn't matter. The rings concept can and should be applied to every building where you worship. By the way, are you a business person of any kind? You take this exact same three-ring concept and take it to where you work. Works great. Oh, do you own a home? Have a family? The same thing can be used there. I know because I've used it at my home several years ago when I put this together. Uh, and, you know, sometimes you really don't learn as much on the outside as you do till you're getting ready to teach something and you really dig into it. I stood on the street of my out in front of my home and I went, oh, my goodness, look at this challenge on just the perimeter. And then there's that bush that hides a window on the exterior where a burglar could make entry into my home and on and on and on. So you see these three rings of situational awareness can be transitioned to just about anywhere that you live or work or worship. So today we're going to talk about ring number three. We've looked at the perimeter. We've looked at the exterior. Now we're stepping to the interior of your building. And ring number three, interior, is literally everything that is inside the exterior doors. So let me acknowledge, first of all, and you need to be aware of, don't, don't put these three rings in silos that have hard edges to them, meaning, okay, I only think about the perimeter from here to here and the exterior from this point on, etc., no, there's always transition zones from each ring. And that's extremely important when you're working with your safety team, your security team, or even those that are in the congregation. You're looking for that transition area to make certain what is going on from ring to ring as people approach the building or as things are going on at the building, etc. So let's talk about situational awareness first 
when we're talking about ring number three, the interior, and physical barriers. Now, so that you'll know, and I mentioned it last time, this could go on and on and on. I've been doing this now for 43 years. So you want to get detailed? Folks, I can get detailed with you. The last I pulled up the last report I did for a facility, and um, I think I had to cut it off at about 32 pages. I can get detailed. What I'm trying to do in these three podcasts is to give you a working knowledge to begin the process of just making certain certain things are not overlooked, such as the doors inside your building, the barriers. For instance, to the office, the doors to the nursery, the doors to your children's area, all the classrooms that are in your, your f- building or your facility, the doors that may give access to the electronics, the high-risk electronics area. What about those doors? First of all, when you get there at any time, one of the first things that needs to become a habit is to look and see before you touch the door. Has it been tampered with? Obviously, has it been compromised in some way? Years ago, when I was a law enforcement officer on the streets, it always fascinated me that people could walk through a door that had obviously had a screwdriver jammed in right there where the knob is and pried open, and it never dawned on them. That something might be wrong? Oh, please, come on. Let's put some common sense to this. We walk up. We do a quick scan of the door. We go, does it look tampered with? Does it look compromised? And you do that with each door in the building, not just the office where you might have um, electronics that could be stolen, not just in the auditorium where, once again, electronics that can be fenced easily on the street, But even your classrooms, you want to know, has there been somebody, are there signs that somebody has been through the building? Then the next thing you say is, let me just, while I'm here, let me go, is this appropriate for the need? Meaning, is this lock appropriate? Is this door appropriate? Maybe this is the time to begin to look and see how you can upgrade. What do I mean by that? Here's an example. Any area where there are higher value targets needs additional strength, both in the door and in the lock. Now, this is this deals a lot, uh, and we're kind of getting off into crime prevention, but still, your situational awareness will drive your facility to really look at these types of things. So you look and you go, this room, um, whether it's an office, whether it's whatever, that has all of this stuff that if a burglar cook came in, they could cause a pretty good, pretty significant impact to our building by stealing these items. And we have a hollow core door that could be very easily pried, jimmied, or kicked in. Wait a minute. Does that make sense? Now, let's switch it out and let's get a good solid core door or let's get a metal door and let's get a good lock with limited number of keys or let's get one that has the electronic or the push button type of locking mechanism where we can restrict the number of people that can get into that area. Then you look and you say... Is this locking mechanism, if it's a good one, is it working appropriately both for the security needs of your building but also for the safety needs? You never, ever, ever want to sacrifice safety over security, particularly in uh, places where people worship. You must have it where they can get out if they need to. After that, after the doors, and you've kind of looked at your doors, you take a quick look at your access control to other areas inside the building. Once again, as you walk around, do physical locks look like they've been damaged, jimmied with, or compromised? 
Uh, I have it on good record, straight from the horse's mouth from a couple of uh, high school kids that they still like to see if they can get doors to stay open. You know, the old way of jamming stuff in at, at certain points to start keep certain pieces from working correctly. And therefore, if they want to sneak into that part of the building, that's great. They can do it. Here's the problem. A lot of times they forget to take those items out so that area is left unsecure. So while you're at it, check the access control. Physical locks, your electronic locks, are they working correctly? Do you have the appropriate number of cards or keys, electronic key fobs, or even codes out to the appropriate people? The third thing you want to do, though, is going to sound a little bit of interesting uh, or a little different for situational awareness inside. And that is going to be your processes. Now, what I mean by that is you as a person who cares about the security and safety of the people within your building needs to be aware of the, for instance, check-in and check-out policy for your nursery area. Number one, is there one? Number two, does that policy or that process make sense for that area? In other words, is it working correctly? Is it, or is it just something that we kind of pay lip service to, but we can't really apply it because it's either too complicated or, in some cases, too simplistic? It's not really helping us keep security uh, and safety on our kids there. But another process is, do you have enough adult personnel to give adequate coverage to areas where there are young kids? That's something that we're going to touch on in a later podcast and when we start talking about team members and we start talking about coverage. Because uh, in these days and times, you really need to make certain that the processes within your teams or even within the church needs to become a culture issue of people step forward and they say, I'm going to help even if I need to volunteer this one morning and you've already made arrangements for this and you've done the appropriate uh, steps to let that person do that, and they help give the coverage that is needed to keep that area safe. You know, I know that sounds a little bit oblique, but trust me, we are going to come back and touch on it at another time. So for just this point, uh, just this moment, let's go ahead and take our midstream break and our focus for this podcast. Our midstream focus for this podcast is once again on an organization called Strength for Service Incorporated. Now, Strength for Service, as I mentioned a couple of podcasts ago, is a 501c3 designated group whose vision is to bring spiritual comfort and assurance to those engaged in service to others, specifically military personnel and first responders of all types. And let me give full disclosure that I am on the national board for this group, and I assure you I would not be using the most valuable asset I have, which is my time, if I did not believe in them and their mission. Now, they've gained the GuideStar Platinum Seal of Transparency, which means you can be assured that any donations you may give in helping them will be used in a transparent and ministry-oriented manner. One of the great resources from Strength for Service is in a booklet, a small 365-day daily devotional book entitled Strength for Service to God and Community. It's both relevant and comforting for those on the front lines in your community, whether it's law enforcement, firefighters, EMS personnel, or critical care nursing staff at your local facility, medical facility. So I encourage your church or local benefactors to purchase the Strength for Service to God and Community Devo book to give to as many first responders as you can. They'll be blessed by the Devo book. You will be blessed by ministry. 
For more information on all that Strength for Service does, visit their website at strengthforservice, all one word, dot com. You want to make a spiritual impact on the lives of those who give so unselfishly to others by being available and there when they're needed in emergencies? This is the way to do it. Go to strengthforservice.com, see what they're about, and then give lavishly to help them help those who help others. Now, back to our podcast. So now we've touched on being situationally aware about the condition of barriers and the adequacy of processes. Let's focus now on the most important subject for being situationally aware, and that is people. And and this is the one everyone wants to talk about without the other two, and yet they're all rolled together. People rolls down to a couple of questions. Who belongs here? Oh, by the way, every sinner or person who wants to worship belongs in your place to worship, as long as they're there for the right reasons. But what you're looking for is the one person that you may look at. You may look at their demeanor. You may look at an object in their hand. You may look at a situation and go, what's wrong with this picture? That is what we're going to cover in in an upcoming podcast about two podcasts from now. So come back for that one, because that's a big question. Is there something wrong with this picture? And if so, what is it? But more importantly, how do we deal with it? If we think it's the wolf, meaning that person who is going to uh, do bad things, how do we make contact? What kind of questions do we ask? How do we help them, or how do we safely, effectively, and legally help them out of our building? You know what I mean? But you know, there's another part of this. I've always said the first part of your team, the first thing they need to be about is ministry. So what you're doing also is you're teaching your people to say in their brains, who needs ministry? They look, they take a picture in their mind and they say, wow, that person has a problem. I can see it in their face. I can see it in their demeanor. I can see it in the tears on the cheek. That's when you ask open questions, open-ended questions, questions that say two words, I care. Another area of people, though, that you need to be aware of situationally is all of your pastoral staff, particularly on the days that you're together in your facility. Many facilities, many churches will have what they call a designated shadow person. And this is the this is the man or woman who simply follows the key personnel around. They're not in their way. They're not by their side, but they are where they can observe what is going on and they can make sure that no person who wants to cause harm would come into that facility and is now approaching their pastoral staff. By the way, I have at this point about a dozen personal stories that have been told to me about the need for a shadow And they found out that need after something had already happened that could have been very, very damaging to their pastoral staff or to the church. So do not take that lightly. Um, It's good to have a shadow who is an alert person. I always say, too, they're the ones that sit within about five steps of the pastoral staff who is going to be speaking on any time that you're together. And when everybody bows their head to pray, I jokingly say your uh, shadow is the one that prays with their eyes open because they want to make certain they can see what is approaching. Now, make sure you do all of this situational awareness in the spirit of true, complete, full communication. That means using your radio systems appropriately if you have them, your eye contact, 
the codes that you have pre-designated and planned among your team, and of course the practice that you have put in to make certain what you're going to do. Well, that wraps it up for ring number three of situational awareness, the interior. Next time, when we come together, i tell you what I'm going to do. I've pulled out the uh, survey I did of a facility about 22 years ago, I think is what it was. And that way I can leave it nameless. It won't be anybody. You won't be going, oh, you looked at mine. You're using mine. No, I'm going to use something that nobody's seen, nobody knows about. And I'm going to give you a practical application of what it was like to go through this facility, what I saw, what I reported, and what also happened later. So you do not want to miss that. You do want to make sure that your friends know about it so that they can join us here. So hope this has been helpful. Feel free to give me feedback. Give me an email. Uh, drop me a line. I would like for you to go ahead, if you would, give us a good rating there at iTunes or whatever podcast service you use. But until next time, take care and blessings. That wraps it up for this episode of Safe Zone. Take what you learned and help bring a newfound peace of mind to those you worship with by making it a safer place to worship. I have an action request for you, as I always do, and that is that you go to iTunes or whatever podcast service you use. Leave us a favorable rating, please. That helps us in the overall very crowded podcast marketplace. While you're there, be certain to take a moment and hit the subscribe button so you won't miss a single new episode. And if you would, please forward this podcast to your friends and associates that are in your sphere of influence on a daily basis. Hey, after all, we're in this together, so let's learn together and grow together. Until next time, have a great day, have a safe week, and wherever you worship, let's make it a safe place to worship. Blessings to you. 